your interactions with the players here been so far? When did you first meet with them, and what's it kind of been like? Yeah, I, I met with those guys last night. We had a team meeting. Uh, had the opportunity to share my vision with the program, get a chance to shake every one of their hands. Every one of their hands. Um, there's a few that are already home from finals, so I've been able to make some phone calls with those guys, uh, and excited to start building a relationship. And relationships are going to take time, and we're going to work every single day uh, to build trust and respect. Coach, if I can ask just to slide that mic just a little bit closer, please. Next question, right here. All right, back to the middle. Go ahead. Uh, Ray character from 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Uh, Jim, uh, you, you said we've got our man. Can you tell us uh, when you initially met Eli, what made him your man? And what was the, the thing that put Mizzou over the top for you, Coach? For me, it was uh, actually as I, the first conversation, even over the phone, before I even met him in person. I, I really... Uh, was impressed with his already his knowledge of, of Missouri. Uh, later, he told me that when this job opened, this was the one he wanted. Uh, I think he has a passion for what he does. He's a great leader of men and and driven for success. And that's the type of person that, that we wanted in our program. Next question, right here. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's right. What what put this place over the top was the leadership's commitment. Um, to the football program and their vision for what they're trying to do matched our vision and I felt there was a synergy within that and I felt like that was something that I really could be a part of and when the uh, president of the university system and the chancellor and the athletics director show up you know they're serious about you and uh, you know talk is talk but actions you know actions show you where things are really aligned and they were aligned in the right way and, uh, you know, Appalachian State was a special place. And those players, uh, I owe them an amount of, a, a, an unpayable debt of gratitude for all that they did for me and my family. And I, I would be remiss not to thank them in that place. But this opportunity was an opportunity of a lifetime. And it wasn't just another job. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. And I preach all the time that, if an opportunity presents itself, you have to be bold enough to take it. And at that point, I felt like, all right, this is the right one for me with the right people, with the right support, and I firmly believe that we can do great things together. Next question, row three. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff with the Kansas City Star. Uh, Jim, can you take us a little bit through the timeline of, of this when, when the first meeting occurred? And, and uh, Eli, I just wondered how you negotiated this through the, the Sun Belt Championship game. Yeah, so we um, we met Saturday night after, yeah, it was, so my daughter had the Nutcracker at 7. Right, we won the, Nat, we, we won the, uh, the Sun Belt Championship, and um, representation said, hey, Missouri wants to meet with you tonight. And I said, well, I have the Nutcracker at 7. And they said, well, we'll wait for you. And so we uh, we snuck out. I snuck out of Nutcracker, drove to a Hampton Inn in uh, Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Um, I'm not sure that they were actually representatives of Missouri. They just said they were. <laughs> and, uh, and that's that's really where it started. And uh, and it was final this morning at 8 a.m. Real four. 
co-chairing with uh, Colin O'Brien, Jefferson City News Tribune. I know you're eager to get out on the road recruiting, but have you made any decisions yet for assistant coaching staff? So right now for me it's deciding what's important and what's urgent. All right, the most in, uh, urgent thing for us is to be on the road recruiting. And then the most important thing is getting the right people in the right places to move this program in the right direction. And so I'm taking my time on making those decisions. Um, I will be making those decisions later today and tomorrow as I'm on the road recruiting. Um, so there'll be some hires triple out, but I'm, I'm being cognizant of making sure the most important thing, which is recruiting this class, is done first. Straight back. Coach back here, Neil Jones from Channel 5 in Kansas City. Welcome to Columbia. There have been people who say, golly, jumping from uh, Sun Belt one year as a head coach into the SEC, what's that going to be like? I'll ask you, have you talked to Coach Malzahn? What's it going to be like? What do you expect? They ought to try to jump from the head seventh grade coach to the SEC, because that's where I started. And uh, like I said earlier, I don't feel for fear of failure. I attack success. And no matter where my family and I have been in coaching, we've been able to rise to the occasion, to compete, to do it better than it's ever been done before. And so when we surround ourselves with the right people, when the players and I get on the same page about what our mission is going to be moving forward, I have no doubts that we'll be successful at all. I have spoken with Coach Malzahn. Um, he just fired up for me, sent me a text this morning, said enjoy it. Um, so he's obviously been a great mentor to me, and um, he, he knows what he's doing, and so do I. Next question, right here, real quick. Coach, Nate Smith, with You were on staff at Auburn for the 2010 national title team. Just curious what your biggest takeaway was from that experience, and how do you kind of apply that knowledge to uh, your Well, for me, the biggest takeaway was college football was easy. I mean, because that was my first experience in mean, 14 games. Like, God, this thing's simple, you know? No, um, I think I took a lot from that year. Obviously, my first experience, Coach Chiswick, um, the way he united a football team, the way he put family first, the way uh, our football team rallied around camp and, and that season was incredible. The way we were able to face adversity, the mount comebacks, uh, play well under pressure, those things that really have formulated for me my opinion on how you win championship football. So those would be the things I'd take away. Real four once again. Uh, Coach Ben Durando of the Columbia, Missouri, and you were talking about the experience at that hotel, and, and you said President Montoy was pretty persuasive. I was wondering what he said that, uh, that, that was so persuasive to you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> no, he just. He was very direct, which I appreciated. It was a direct, open conversation about what the expectations of Mizzou football are and how we needed to go about accomplishing those. And his passion for um, Mizzou representing the entire state, for football to be a window to the university and represent the university in the right way with class integrity and academic excellence, aligned with my vision. And when, when when visions align, I believe great things can occur. Like I said, if, if we will all push in the same direction, everybody's got ideas. That ideas are not the problem. Execution is the problem. Ideas are everywhere. Execution is not. We've got to execute the ideas and the vision we have all pushing in the same direction. And when the leadership is on board with that, then great things can happen. And that's, that's what we're about. And that's what he was about. Row three. Um, Matt Baker, uh, the man eater. So I was... Uh, you know, I, I know in your Appalachian State press conference, 
you said you would be the offensive coordinator and play caller. Yeah. And so it's kind of a two-part question. Is that something that you were going to be doing at the zoo? Is that a decision you made? And then also, I noticed, I know that you said you want to do something that's never been done before. That's like one of your mottos. Is that something that you want to do here? And if so, like, what does that look like? First off, yes, I will be the offensive coordinator play caller. Um, I firmly believe when you when you take over a program, you have to establish the expectation and foundation for what your experiences are. And for me, my my background as a quarterbacks coach, developer, and offensive coordinator is what has allowed me the opportunity to be here. And so we're going to lay the foundation of what the expectation of offensive football looks like. Um, will I call plays forever? I don't know. But I know I'm going to call plays the first day of spring practice and as long as I need to. Um, as far as what what it's going to look like to do it better than it's ever been done before, I don't know. I'm going to have to research that. We're going to have to identify that as a football team. As a football team, we all have to. It, it's just words if I say it. Our leaders, our locker room, and us all have to come together, establish our identity, and say this is what we're going to accomplish together. Coach, we're going to corner, row three. Uh, Benjamin Hoffman, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't have gotten this job if you didn't know defense, too. That being said, you'll hire a defensive coordinator. What are some characteristics of that coach that you desire, and uh, what must an Eli Drinkwitz defensive coordinator bring to the table? Well, from first and foremost, when we are talking about hiring men, um, we're talking about hiring people of high character who live the truths that they speak of, um, who have integrity. The most important characteristic for me is low ego, high output. Um, we're, we're about all being on the same team, being united on the same mission. And so I'm looking for a defensive coordinator who's going to have low ego, high output, um, who's going to work with our players to uh, push them to have the best performance. So those are the characteristics I'm looking for. Specifically on the defensive side of the ball, we're going to be multiple. Like I said, it all starts with stopping the run. You have to make a team um, play to their deficiencies, not allow them to play to their strengths. So we've got to stop the run. Um, and then we've got to, it's a quarterback-driven game. We have to confuse, harass, and hit the quarterback. Uh, we are not going to be able to allow him to stay back there. So if we can get pressure with four and, and accomplish that, great. If we can't, then we got to bring more. So it's it's not necessarily I'm going to be um, dogmatic and saying it's got to be a four down front or a three down front. It's about how can we get these things done? How can we stop the run? How can we confuse the rats into the quarterback? That may be coverage variation. That may be through pressure. That may be through um, a, a multitude of things. But the most important thing and the thing that I think sets off uh, sets up championship defenses is tackling and turnovers. We are going to be a team that tackles well and creates turnovers. And, and that's what um, our defensive coordinator is going to have to bring to the table. Going to row five right here on the uh, Bill Pollock, Missouri Net. Coach, you talked about uh, recruiting in St. Louis, Kansas City, and the state. Um, where else will you go to? look for those high SEC caliber players? Wherever the, the right young man that fits Mizzou is. Um, that there's been a great foundation and history in Texas, and I think we would be remiss not to continue to establish that line. Uh, I know Coach Bingham in the past did an excellent job recruiting um, from the state of Texas, Chase Daniels from the uh, state of Texas, and several other, other great players. Um, so definitely Texas. Obviously, the surrounding states, and then we will hit wherever there's a direct flight from Kansas City or St. Louis that has players that fit us. 
we get them here, then we'll, that's where we're going to go. Going to the far left side, row four. Hi, Coach. Tom Lebo, Sports Radio in Kansas City. You spent time down in Arkansas and then Auburn and around. So you've seen from the outside, Missouri, as they transition from the Big 12 through the SEC. Just what are your thoughts about how that has gone and, and where it can go? You know, to be honest, I can't speak intelligently on that. Um, you know, I, I when we when I was in Auburn in the SEC, Missouri was still in the Big 12. Um, and, and then my path went to Arkansas State and Boise State. You know, I do remember because I kept track of Coach Miles on Missouri playing in the SEC championship games uh, several times with Coach Minkhorn. So I do know that the opportunity to do that is possible. The path uh, and the plan or the path has been shown. And we just got to figure out how to replicate that success. Um, but how the transition has gone and all that, I, I can't give a valid opinion on that. Coach, we're going right here in row two. Uh, Eli Ryder from the Missouri Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, you mentioned you're going to hop right up for three trails. So, yeah. how do you balance kind of maintaining what it is that brought some of these recruits in in the first place while also selling yourself and making your pitch? Well, I think rec recruiting is all about trying to build a relationship. I mean, it's going to be a little bit like speed dating right now. We're going to try to show them who we are um, as quickly, quickly as we can. But people fall in love with Mizzou, all right? And so I know that the guys that are currently committed to us who are still committed love Mizzou football. And all they need to do is see that I love Mizzou football as much as they do. And if, they, if, if our passions can connect, then we'll be, we'll be fine. So that's, that's really what I'm Coach, we're staying right here in Brooklyn. Eli, also, Nick Kelly with the Columbia, Missouri. What would you consider your, your strengths as a coach and also some areas you still want to improve? I want to improve in all areas. I think personal growth is the foundation for success. I think you can never be satisfied with where you're at in, any, in, in anything. Um, I think I have the ability to connect with young men because they understand from my perspective it's bigger than football. It's not just about football. It's about them becoming the best person that they can become. And they know that there's a lot of areas for growth. It's spiritual, it's social, it's academic, it's personal, and it's athletic. And so they know that I'm not just talking about using them to play football. I'm, I want them to grow in all aspects of their life. And, and I think when you make a connection with a young man about this is bigger than football, then that's when they believe in you. And, and that's really what I try to do. Going right back here in row four. Coach Bennett, Trainer from Missouri again. Um, in terms of recruiting, right now with Missouri sort of facing the scholarship reductions that it has from the NCAA, was that addressed at all when you were talking with administration and the hiring process? And how do you, is that a challenge to you? How do you sort of plan to combat that? That was uh, absolutely a point of conversation. We were very open, honest, and direct about that. We understand that there's going to be challenges this year. Um, and I understand that. And I understand that that's going to be a tough task, and we're going to face that task together. And, you know, I'm in the process right now of reviewing the roster and figuring out where can we, you know, manage some, some where, where can we manage the holes in the roster which is having 81 scholarship, which is a very difficult thing to do. Right, it's going to be hard, but I like I like challenge, uh, and I like hard things, and so we're going to make no excuses about it. But we do understand it is going to be a challenge this year. Coach Redner, Road Two. Coach Peter Ball with the Athletic again. Um, I was wondering when did the Missouri job first come on your radar? I know you said you first met with them Saturday, but did you know about it at all before then, and had it crossed your mind at all? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when the when the job came open, um, that was when I first was like, hmm, that would be you know something that's intriguing. Um, but my football team at the time was focused on playing for a championship, and um, you know, so we wanted to finish what we had started, and so it wasn't until Saturday when I could really pursue and, and dive into whether or not this was going to be something that fit, fit us. Coach, we're going on row four, right behind the iPhone and the track five. Hi, Coach. Matt, uh, Matt, of the KCOU uh, Columbia Radio Station. You mentioned you're going to run a quarterback-driven offense. What's kind of the perfect quarterback for your system? I look for five characteristics in a quarterback. Toughness, preparation, decision-making, accuracy, and leadership. Those five requirements don't, don't fit in a box. Uh, leaders come in all shapes and sizes. Quarterbacks come in all shapes and sizes. But I think the great quarterbacks possess those five things, the mental and physical toughness, the willing to prepare, uh, the willing to make or, or make being a great decision maker that you can trust with the ball in his hands, a guy who's accurate throwing the football, and, and a guy who everybody wants to gravitate to. So there is no perfect answer for what a quarterback is going to look like. But I do know that if he possesses those five, five characteristics, then he can play quarterback for me. Coach, we're going right back here in row number four. We've got about three more questions. Hey, Coach. Kevin Grayler with the Columbia Daily Tribune. What is a realistic expectation you have going into your first season at Mizzou as far as how the first year goes? What would you do as a step forward for the program in year one? Well, I don't live in realistic expectations. I shoot for the moon. All right, and we're, we're going to try to do exactly what we stated to do. Now, whether or not we'll get there, I don't know. We're going to work on trying to be the very best team we can be today. And then tomorrow, we're going to try to be better than we were today. We'll approach each game with a 1-0 mindset, and we'll stack up the Ws and count them out at the end and figure out if that gets us to where we want to go. I think too many times in life, people want to project and look out and, and do all that stuff. You got to focus on the moment. Stay in the present. Compete to be better today than you were yesterday. You can't do anything about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got a lot of stuff. We're going to set the goal, but then what happens is every single day we have to work to achieve that goal. We can't be sitting there going, oh, no, we got to today. How can I be better today than I was yesterday? How can I be better tomorrow than I was than I am today? And so, you know, realistic, unrealistic, I don't know what that is. I know that the realistic goal is that we're going to compete every single day and be better today than we were yesterday. Two more questions. We go to the back to the left, please. Hi, Matt Hanson from Rocky Nation. Coach, you worked with Gus Nelson a couple stops in your career. Uh, can you talk about his influence on you and the evolution of your offensive philosophy? Yeah, absolutely. So I first uh, interacted with Coach Malzahn in 2004 when he was the uh, head coach at Springdale, Arkansas, Springdale High School. And that's where I first you know, got introduced to the hurry up, no huddle approach and spread offense. Uh, was able to reconnect with him in 2010 and 2011 at Auburn and then spent a year with him in, in 2013 at Arkansas State. And so um, have a good grasp of his offensive philosophies. Where Coach Malzahn and I separated, that's when my personal growth began because Brian Marshall came to Arkansas State. He came from Texas. And we were able to blend our offensive identities, the, the philosophy of no huddle attack with multiple personnel, shifts, motions, pro-style concepts. 
And that's really where this offense began to take root and became my own. And that's really where it's grown from. And so that, that's kind of how that transition occurred. Um, and, you know, Coach Malzahn and I actually got together this past summer and, and talked. And there was, I think there was some surprise on both sides about how far, you know, we both evolved from those points together. But we still have that foundation uh, of our time together, too. Okay, last question comes from row five. Eli, you mentioned that special teams will be the heartbeat of your club. Can you talk about how that will manifest itself? Do you have a, a specific uh, special teams coach, scholarships for kickers, return guys, things like that? What sort of resources and effort do you put into the heartbeat of your team? Yeah, yes, we will have a specific special teams coach who just coaches special teams. That, that's what is he's going to be in charge of. He's not going to have split loyalties or divided duties. He's going to be uh, in, in charge of all six units, making sure that he lets, lays the foundation um, for those units and is in charge of the execution of their game plans each week. Um, the best players play on special teams. That's my commitment to it. There are no, well, he can't play. No, every player is going to play. Every able-bodied able that can play on special teams that's going to give us an opportunity to win is going to play. Because you never know in a game of 170 plays or so which play is going to change the game. And usually, a big play on special teams will swing the momentum in your favor. Happened for us several times in this past season where we would block a, we block a punt right before half, picked up for a touchdown, completely changed the middle eight for us in our favor, we were able to overwhelm the opponent in, in, in the second half or, or right at the end of the first half. So. My commitment to that is by playing our best players. We will have players on scholarship, um, whether it's kickers, punters, snappers. Uh, last year, uh, in my previous institution, I put a deep snapper, I signed a, a collegiate deep snapper on scholarship, which was one of the, the few in the country. I put on a, a, a kicker on scholarship because he had earned it. Nothing's given, everything's earned in our program. He had earned it. And then we had a punter who had earned a scholarship also. And so our investment will be through uh, what they earned. And if they've earned the right to have a scholarship, then we'll find any way possible to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to run.